We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson, and we have a lot to cover as training camp rolls on. We are a few days away from the Chicago Bears' first preseason game of the year, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. Before all that, though, we have to talk some big news regarding one of the Bears' best players. We're going to take also a look at how Justin Fields and the offense is doing, plus some more tidbits from training camp. Let me welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lumming. And Aaron, how you doing, man? I am doing good, man. It's uh, we finally got football on the horizon. First preseason game Saturday, and you know things start kind of speeding up from here. So I, I think you know for everybody who hasn't been able to go to camp or hasn't been at camp, I think this will be you know a decent first look at the team. Um, obviously, they've got some injuries going on right now, but I think everybody's just going to be glad to have some semblance of football back, even if it is the preseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, I tried watching a little bit of the uh, Jaguars Raiders Hall of Fame game. I was on vacation. I caught a little while we were out to dinner. Um, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't get into it. The Hall of Fame game was just. It's like, eh. I'm glad football's back, but um, I need like the Bears to get on the field and not be doing training camp stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of big news and on the field, uh, let's just kind of get into the big story and, and it kind of broke on Tuesday right before Family Fest, um, you know, Ian Rappaport put out a statement from Roquan Smith that the star linebacker was essentially forcing a trade, want, requesting a trade, uh, wants out of Chicago because his contract demands were not being met. Um, he, he's looking for an extension. He's not only looking to be, you know, the highest paid off the ball linebacker, he's looking to get a lot of money. Um, it seems like, and we got to hear from Ryan Poles on Tuesday, and Poles pretty much said, you know, we made him an offer that was uh, he used to, I believe he used the term record setting or record breaking. Um, and, you know, we felt like that was respectful to Roquan and Roquan really doesn't feel like it's respectful. And today, um, I think arguably the biggest part of this whole story now comes out that the Bears have removed Roquan Smith from Pup. And what that means is he passed the physical number one. He can return to practice number two. If he doesn't, 
the Bears can find him. I believe it's like forty, forty-five thousand dollars each practice. Plus, um, I want to say they can find him for the preseason game. Maybe not. Maybe not preseason game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, we're at a point now where it's pretty much um, one side's gonna have to budge. The Bears are gonna have to trade him, or the Bears are gonna have to meet his contract demands, or Roquan's gonna have to sign the contract that the Bears have proposed. But still, it, this is the biggest story surrounding the team right now. Yeah, but, you know, it, and I 100% agree, um, but I think what a lot of people right now are undervaluing or underestimating is the fact that Roquan Smith has virtually zero leverage right now. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do, but when you look at it from an actual football perspective, Roquan Smith is playing on the, you know, the fifth-year option right now as, as a rookie, as a first-round pick. You know, um, and then next year the Bears can tag him. The Bears can tag him the next two years after that. So technically, you know, if if they can't come to an agreement, I do not see Roquan Smith holding out. I, you know, right now he's holding in. Um, you know, I I still think, and I know some people disagree. I still think the whole pup thing was kind of a favor on the Bears' part to say, okay, in good faith, we'll put you on the pup list, we'll get a deal done. I mean, Ryan Poles basically admitted yesterday when he talked to the media or two days ago or whenever it was, this has been a long week, so I can't even remember when it was, but he, you know, he basically admitted like he thought that they were making good progress and that something was, you know, would be close by now. And obviously, you know, it's one of those situations where there's so many levels to this, right? Like it's, it's not just as simple as, you know, the Bears are negotiating with Roquan Smith's agent and they haven't come close yet. This isn't the Allen Robinson situation from last year, right? This is a situation where the Bears are negotiating with Roquan Smith himself. And unfortunately for Roquan Smith, there is two sides to, you know, any contract and any, you know, basically any, uh, you know, deal that is made. And the reality of it is, is that some unkind or unflattering things are going to be said on the bear side of things because yes, they value him. Yes. They want him on the team, but maybe they don't want to meet his price tag and they have their reasons why. And, you know, for Roquan Smith having to personally be in the middle of all this and to basically hear the things that the bears are saying to diminish his value to, you know, meet their own price. He's clearly taking some of this personally. I mean, in reading what he put out through Ian Rappaport, it was very evident that there were some emotions into it. And obviously there, there will be, I mean, in this kind of situation, but that's what makes the entire situation so tough. But yeah, I, I think the bears could be faced with a situation where they either, you know, basically get him on a long-term deal or trade him. And, you know, I, I just, it, it's a tough situation because I'm, I'm firmly in the camp of the bears are going to have a ton of money over the next few years, right? The bears don't hardly have anybody under contract. I, I would say, at least off the top of my head, I would say Darno Mooney and uh, Roquan Smith are probably the two guys that you'll need to get done over the next two years, right? I mean, I know some people can make the argument for David Montgomery. I am, you know, anti-paying any sort of running back, any sort of money. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. But outside of that, I mean, you know, maybe one of these, you know, one-year deals pops off and they get something out of that, and that would be great. But for the most part, I mean, you're going into the next few off-seasons with a ton of cap space, not a lot going on in terms of, you know, building the talent. That's going to take, you know, it's going to take drafting. That's going to take, you know, a free agency class or two and kind of more vision from Ryan Poles and, you know, and all that. But, you know, I'm pro – 
Like really, I mean, I, I think the blueprint's been laid out, right? You know, you look at what, uh, you know, what Shaquille Leonard signed for and you look at what uh, Fred Warner signed for and they're basically, it's, a, you know, five years, either 95 million or 98 million. I mean, it's pretty much 19 and $20 million per year over five years. So, you know, and I understand the argument that maybe Roquan Smith isn't as good as those guys. I can, I can agree with that. But as we've seen, um, you know, when you're looking at the highest paid players at every single position, are they truly the best at their position? I think the answer to that is no. I mean, just look at some of the quarterback uh, deals that have been signed. Just look at some of the receiver deals that have been signed this year. The market is consistently moving up because the cap is consistently moving up. So I think ultimately Roquan Smith has his vision of what his value is. The Bears have their vision of what his value is. Um, And it's also kind of tough because this isn't a situation where they drafted him. It's also not a situation where they've even seen him play a meaningful snap or any sort of snap in this new defense. Um, So it's just, it's a tough situation. Here's what I will say though. I do think something ends up getting done because ultimately I don't think Roquan Smith is going to have the kind of trade value that the bears are going to want to get back if they were to trade him. I don't think it makes any sense for the bears to trade him. And frankly, I don't know that Roquan Smith is going to get the kind of money that he's thinking he's going to get even on the free agent market. I mean, inside linebacker is a devalued position and yes, while there are a few guys making $19.5 million, there are also plenty of really good linebackers that are making well under $15 million a year. So there's a decent little gap in there to where I think ultimately they're going to have to come to some sort of compromise. And I think that's kind of where this is heading. But I do think at some point in time, this is going to get done. Yeah, that's a good point about the defense. We saw what Roquan did with the Bears running primarily 3-4 scheme since he's been here. And, you know, he's got the stats to back it up. Um, you know, whether you want to argue he's as good as Darius Le- or Shaquille Leonard or Fred Warner or anything like that, whatever. I, I get it. We haven't seen him in a 4-3 defense, and the Bears haven't seen him in a 4-3 defense. It, it's it's kind of tough because for Ryan Poles, you're gonna, if you're gonna give him this big of a deal, you're betting on him being that player and better. Uh, in this 4-3 defense. And I I do think he fits his scheme well. I think he can play that Lance Briggs, Derek Brooks type role in this defense. I think he'll be fine personally, but I can kind of see it from Ryan Poles' side where it's like, okay, we have to see you in the 4-3 defense. We need to see you, you know, um, put up the numbers that you've put up and a little more. You got to keep continue to get better and show us why you are the best linebacker. And, you know, there's two sides to every story. Uh, Roquan has his. Ryan Poles and the Bears have their side. Um, I'm just ready for it to come to a resolution. I think as if you're the Bears and you feel like you can't get a deal done and you, and you feel like you've given up and everything's pretty much gone, you're going to have to trade them and kind of just rebuild this thing again a little bit more. Um, but ideally, you want a 25-year-old linebacker who has shown, hey, I can play at this Pro Bowl level. He's a second, you know, two-time second-team All-Pro um, has not made the all pro team just yet. You want a guy like that around on your defense. You just have to justify paying him that. And I'd be kind of, you know, curious to see the de-escalators, um, how the contract was fully structured. I believe there was some talk of the de-escalators out there, maybe the contract being like backloaded, I want to say as well. Um, the contracts are tricky in the NFL. I mean, we see the number as, as reporters and fans, your first, you know, instinct is you see the number and like, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. But it, the money is spread out throughout. It's hidden throughout. It's contracts get so confusing in this day's NFL. But I, I'm at the point now where it's like a decision is going to have to be made here. And I think Thursday 
when he's re- eligible to return to practice, um, you know, Ian Rappaport said he's, he's likely not going to be there. I'm just going to be kind of curious to see how the Bears handle this and what's going to happen over the next week moving forward. Yeah, well, and it's it's an interesting situation when you're talking about the leak details from the contract, right? Because clearly Roquan Smith is using Ian Rappaport as his outlet. And, yes, and you know, he's got guidance too, I'm sure. from He's got some guidance, I believe. He's got a financial advisor, I think. Yes. I don't know who the financial advisor is, but he's got somebody, right? But, but then on the other side of it, Adam Schefter went on ESPN 1000 earlier today and basically said that, you know, from what he had heard, the Bears actually offered him a pretty good deal. So I would have to assume that the Bears are like, okay, you want to play through the media? We'll play through the media too. And and that's kind of where this thing's at, where it's just so much more, it's it's so much more complex because Roquan Smith doesn't have an agent. And it's not to say that it can't work, but it's 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 a, a lot more difficult. And here's the thing. Okay, I've been critical of Ryan Poles at times. I've been complimentary of Ryan Poles at times. I think some people just believe I'm critical of him all the time. That's fine. But uh, just to put this in perspective from the Bears situation, again, keep in mind, I am pro paying Roquan Smith and getting that deal done. But to put it in perspective on Ryan Pohl's side of things and the Bears side of things, right, he's not even a year into being the GM. This is his first year. His first contract extension that he is working on signing as a guy that he has never seen play for the team that he just took over, right? Obviously, he's seen him play before, but he hasn't seen him play since he took over. It's in a brand-new defense. This is, again, the first contract you know, extension that he's negotiating, and Roquan Smith doesn't have an agent. So there are multiple factors to this entire thing where, again, like it's it's not a simple situation. This isn't Ryan Pace who drafted him, and we we know you know we know what Roquan Smith is going to be in the defense. And keep in mind, I think Roquan Smith is going to be completely fine. I think the will is perfect for him. You know, uh, whatever that, that's kind of beside the point. But it, it's also a situation where you know it's just it's I don't know it, it's just tough because. Again, Ryan Poles is an emotional guy. Um, I'm not saying he's not calculated, but I mean, I'm just talking about like when he made the pick of uh, of Kyler Gordon, you know, you you saw the emotion. You saw the emotion at his first press conference. Like this means a lot to him and this is going to be his first deal. So it's just, it's a complex situation. And, you know, really the whole agent thing is throwing it off because had this been Ryan, you know, Ryan Pace and, and, you know, basically trying to extend Roquan Smith, they probably have a better idea on his value. Um, but again, like Ryan Pohl said, they ha- they want him. They want him here. Roquan Smith clearly wants to be in Chicago. Like he wouldn't have said what he said at the very end of his statement about talking about, you know, hopefully the McCaskies get involved, blah, blah, blah. It's like clearly he wants to be here. Um, and clearly he's emotional about it and I don't blame him. I mean, it's again, he's getting the brunt of all this because he's negotiating the deal himself, but at the same time, it has to work for both sides. And that's what Ryan Poole said. It has to work for both sides. They have to build an entire team. And that's not really an exaggeration because I mean, let's be honest, man. I mean, you've been at, you've been at camp. We'll get into all that. This team severely lacks talent. This team severely lacks young talent. This team severely lacks proven talent. So you know, it has to, again, it has to work for both sides because yes, the bears do have a lot of money, but at the same time, you can't just go and recklessly spend money to extend guys at whatever their price is. And not to mention with this being Ryan Poles' first extension, there's some precedence here. Like he can't look weak, um, you know, by backing down and giving Roquan whatever he wants or whatever it is like they're on their side, you know, he, he's on his side. They're asking whatever price it is, you know, on both sides, but 
at the same time, like this is this is a monumental moment in the career of Ryan Poles to really establish a reputation and establish a baseline for who he is going to be as a general manager and how this Bears organization is going to operate. So I just think there's there's so many complicated matters. And again, I you know I get it. The heat of the moment. Um, we saw how many how many times that we see guys request trades this year. You know, Debo Samuel is one. Of them. We saw a lot of guys request trades. Just because somebody requests a trade doesn't mean they're going to get traded or that you know nothing's going to work out. I mean, the reality of it is, is more often than not they usually end up getting things figured out. The Khalil Mack situations are very few and far between. But I don't know. I I, I just it, it's. more than anything, I'm kind of just over the drama of this all. I mean, it's, you know, first it started off with, you know, the Larry Ogunjobi thing earlier in the off season. And then obviously, you know, just free agency as a whole didn't really go as I think a lot of people had expected. And then we get in the camp and we're thinking, okay, everything's good. And then, you know, the Roquan Smith thing happens and then, you know, he's, you know, he wants a new contract. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tevin Jenkins, that whole thing that we still don't really have a resolution to, we have no clue what's going on with that. And then now this, so, it's it's just I more than anything like I personally expect the Bears to be bad this year I think you're in the same exact boat it doesn't mean it can't be a fun year but I will say I'm already kind of over the drama and I'm just kind of ready for the games to start and for things to actually mean something so we can focus on the product on the field and stop talking about you know the what-ifs and everything else that's not going on on the field we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that's a good point. It just kind of feels like it, it, this is a big early test for someone like Ryan Poles, you know, right away in, in his GM tenure. I mean, the amount of fans are going to be upset if Roquan Smith is traded is out there. I mean, it's tough. It's a tough decision. Do you pay the guy all this money? You know, do you, do you think he's worth it in your defense? How can you justify uh, essentially trading away a 25-year-old with a lot of promise? Um, I don't know, man. The, the Bears are rebuilding. You know, are they going to be good when Roquan, you know, will Roquan still be in his prime? I think so when, when the Bears are good, but you never know. I mean, things happen, injuries happen. I, I certainly understand it from both sides. I understand why Roquan wants to get paid so much, and, and I understand why the Bears are just hesitant to, or or if they are or in the deal that they've given him. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a test for Ryan Poles. And like I said before, we're kind of just ready for it to be over. Um I'm ready to see this team play a game. I'm not very encouraged by what I've seen so far. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be something to monitor here moving forward. Let's kind of switch gears here and and let's talk about training camp. Um, And specifically, man, I I think we got to start. There's a lot of storylines going on right now. I think we have to start with the injuries. 
I think that is one of the biggest stories right now because we know how intense Matty Rafusa's practices have been. We've heard players talk, you know, just laying on the locker room floor, wiped out, tough, toughest practices they've been a part of in the NFL. I'm not saying there's any correlation. There's anything that, you know, there's a reason why all these players are getting hurt, but this is a crazy number of injuries. And I I think today I counted anywhere in between like 20 to 22 players that sat out of Wednesday's practice. You know, they're they're down a bunch of receivers. Nikhil Harry has an ankle injury. Byron Pringle has a quad injury. Um, Vales Jones Jr. has some injury. We have no idea. He's he's day-to-day. Dante Pettis hasn't really practiced. David Moore went down at Family Fest. And that impacts what this offense can do. And and not to kind of get away from the injuries, but it's like you watch Justin Fields with his offense, and he's throwing to Isaiah Coulter. He had a good day today. But he's throwing to Daz Newsom. He's throwing to Chris Finke. He's throwing to, um, you know, just these guys, Tajay Sharp, um, Kevin Shaw. And it's, it's kind of hard for the offense to get into a rhythm. And then you look at, at the defense, and Duke Shelley's out. Kyler Gordon hasn't practiced in a couple of days. Uh, Tavon Young hasn't been out there. Thomas Graham hasn't been out there. You know, you're looking at guys like Lamar Jackson. You're looking at guys like Jalen Jones. Um, you know, players like that to kind of fill these roles. And even Kendall Vilder wasn't out there today either. So these injuries are really piling up. And it's a little frustrating because we don't get to hear exactly what the timeline is or what the injuries exactly are from Matty Refluis. Um, and we won't hear it until week one of, of the regular season. But with these injuries, man, it, it's it's I've I've never really seen anything like it, and I'm kind of curious to see how this is going to play out. I, I, the good news is it does open up, you know, chances for other guys. You know, someone like Jalen Jones who had a good day the other day in the slot is a guy that is he's fighting for a roster spot. You know, Daz Newsom's fighting for a roster spot. Tajay Sharp's fighting for a roster spot. Isaiah Coulter is fighting for a roster spot. It, it is helping those guys, but overall, man, these injuries are just. This is wild to me. Yeah, and I think that that is kind of the risk you run, um, you know, with some of these high pace practices. Now, obviously, I think the hope would be that you kind of like the, you know, the the old uh, regime used to talk about, you know, callousing early in camp and early in the preseason and and kind of going from there. But yeah, like you said, man, it's kind of disappointing because, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, the, the reality is, I mean, we're sitting here recording this on a Wednesday. The Bears, you know, obviously have their first preseason game on Saturday. You know, guys like Bayless Jones Jr., uh, Kyler Gordon, um, you know, just some of those guys that haven't practiced over the last few days, Cole Komet could probably even be thrown in there. Like those are the guys that are probably not going to see any snaps on, uh, on uh, Saturday. And that's kind of the disappointing thing. Now, Obviously, some of these guys have already made the team, but, you know, Thomas Graham's one of those guys. He's week to week right now with a hamstring injury, um, and that's kind of disappointing because I think a lot of people, including myself, had some high hopes that maybe he'd win that nickel job. And, you know, obviously, like you pointed out, like they do have other guys to step in and, you know, kind of, you know, try to seize the moment, I guess you could say. But then you have other guys like Nikhil Harry, for example, where, you know, and, and, and David Moore's kind of in that same boat where you're kind of looking at it and it's like okay like these guys needed a good camp to make the team like they needed a good preseason and now you're talking about a guy Nikhil Harry who at the very least is is not going to play all preseason I I know Darnell Mooney said something today that they got some good news on it and I mean that's that's good but even at that let's just say that he's ready for week one or week two like at that point in time how can you make a decision on a guy 
I mean, I just, it, it, those are the kind of tough positions where the bears are going to find themselves in with some of these injuries where it's just kind of disappointing. Thomas Graham's probably gonna be in that same boat. It's like, does he make the team based on what they saw before and based on hope or do they give it to a younger guy or somebody maybe more proven? I don't know. I mean, then that's, that's kind of the issue. I don't know that I'm ready to, you know, draw too many conclusions to the hard practices. Kind of like you said, you know, I think it's too early for that. Uh, but you kind of have to hope that they get all this, you know, get all the minor stuff out of the way now um, because this is a big evaluation season. And obviously, you know, you look at it and, you know, Lucas Patrick has been out and then the Byron Pringle thing happened. And it sounds like he's probably going to be ready for week one. Um, you know, same thing with Lucas Patrick, but, you know, and it gives some of these guys an opportunity, but at the same time, there's a lot of evaluation that needs to happen this year in the regular season. You know, they need to figure out who, you know, who they have, who's worth, you know, extending, who's worth keeping out of some of the, you know, the higher paid players that they're going to have next year with Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a you know, few other ones on that list. And that's kind of the thing is those are the kind of guys that they need to, you know, they need to figure out stuff out about and as well as the, as well as the young guys. So it's kind of disappointing that we won't see or won't likely see guys like Kyler uh, Gordon and, and Velas Jones Jr. On, on Saturday, but hopefully they can at least get squared away and get suited up because I think, you know, it's worth keeping in mind that the Bears play on Saturday and then they turn around and play mid next week. I think they play, I think their their game next week's on Thursday. It's uh, Thursday night it's, football that's going to be yeah. on ESPN. So primetime one in Seattle, right? Exactly. Yeah. So and that's kind of the thing is, you know, these are key snaps. And again, I, it's not, it, it's not a situation of, you know, man, the Bears better get it together so they can make the playoffs. It's not that at all. It's just that you want to have a decent idea because you don't want to be starting the wrong guys. You don't want to, or you don't even want to carry the wrong guys into the regular season. Like you want to have as good of a grip on your roster as possible, as, as possible as you can with 54 or 55 new players on the 90 man roster on top of, you know, a brand new coaching staff and a brand new GM and all that stuff. You want to have as much figured out as possible to at least have the right guys on the roster and then let things happen during the regular season. And right now it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's in jeopardy, but it's definitely a little concerning how many injuries they've had. I mean, I I think you said between 20 and 22, I think I'd read, I think Brad Biggs put out, I think it was 21. I mean, that's a, dude, that's, that's a lot of players. I mean, that's, that's over 20% of their overall roster and they're not 90 players right now. I mean, that's, that's a lot of players to have missing this early in camp. And again, I'm not blaming it on anybody, but it's still not a great situation to be in, especially when the bears are just going into their first preseason game this Saturday. Yeah, I agree with you, Aaron. And um, on that topic with preseason football coming back and the NFL coming back, now is a good time for us to tell you about our friends over at odds trader. Odds trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. It's a great tool to use. You can compare the odds and I'll get all the stats from all the major sports books, including promotions and sign-up codes. They kind of compare them and break them down for you. It's a great tool to use with the NFL coming back, the college football coming back. Your Saturdays and Sundays are going to be spent betting. And I know how tough it can be to kind of track all of your bets and all that. I, I go through it every Saturday with the early games, the mid games, the late games, and the late, late games. Odds Trader has all that. They have the handicapping. They have play-by-play updates player statistics. You can track all your bets, all your live scores, see how you're doing. Um, if there's a couple teams on the West Coast that you really don't pay attention to, they have all the insight there um, to kind of help you win all your bets. And who doesn't like winning your bets? Everyone loves winning your bets. So with football season coming up, we have the MLB playoffs coming up soon. The NBA will be here in the fall. 
sports calendar is going to be wrapping up. Make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Aaron, when I, when I look at this here now in training camp, um, we talked about the injuries, and there's a couple of key things I kind of wanted to, to, to point to um, in terms of you know today and, and other practices have gone on, and that's the offense. And, and we kind of mentioned it with those injuries, how the offense is progressing. It's, it's tough to kind of get into a rhythm when Justin Fields is, no disrespect, throwing to guys that are – you know, outside of EQ St. Brown are probably wide receiver four and five on um, almost any other NFL roster, majority of them. And when I look at this offense, um, you know, I, I look at today as a day where I thought the offense wasn't awful. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was better than Family Fest, but not by a lot. And I see a lot of reports that they were, it was their best day out there. It was great. I think it was a very good – I think it was a good day for Justin Fields in the offense considering what they had to go through. But there was a lot of checkdowns. And and I look at this two, a couple ways here. Number one, Justin Fields is learning. Take what the defense is giving you. You know, if he sees a, a guy double covered down the field and it's not Darnell Mooney or, or a guy in tight coverage, no separation, it's not Darnell Mooney, he's not forcing it. He's taking the checkdown. And he's also quicker with the ball. He's also getting the ball out quicker and making the quicker decisions um, in his game. And I think that's big in terms of development. Now, with that, though, a lot of the checkdowns tell me that no one's open. That's a problem. The play calling might not – or not the play calling, but the, the scheme, um, getting guys open might not be happening. There's a couple of factors there. And it also tells you that the offense has a little bit to go here in terms of getting to where they want to be. And that's a little disencouraging, you know, I, it's, it's just it's not encouraging for me um, to see this offense at this position right now. And again, I'll preface this by saying, I understand the injuries. I understand the talent out there with him. I understand that they're still installing. I understand it's a new scheme and all that. I've seen every, all that I've seen, all those tweets and responses. I just think this offense, man, it has a long way to go. And it's not like, the Bears defense right now is a top five unit, top 10 unit. I think the Bears defense right now could be a top 15 unit, depending on what happens with Roquan Smith. But it's not like they're going up against the 2018 defense. And, you know, it's 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 kind of tough to judge these practices. But I'm just it, – for me, the, the offense, I got to start seeing more. Yeah, and that seems to be kind of the general, you know, thought amongst most of you guys that have been there the entire time. And – yeah, I mean, but the way I look at it is, it's like, especially with the injuries, it's like they just don't have a lot of talent. You know, I, I think, and the I, and I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind is, yes, I know that they're handing the ball off and they're they're running run plays, but let's be honest. I mean, it's it's just not the same thing. If you're not out there actually, you know, hitting full force and taking guys down and all that stuff, it's just not going to be the same thing. So I'm actually curious to see how much, the run game ends up playing into the overall offense. Because, I mean, I think for the majority of the offseason, most of us have expected this is going to be a decently run-heavy team. I mean, the Packers were a decently run-heavy team, which means a lot of play action, um, as well as a lot of rollouts, um, you know, moving the pocket around, but also running the ball a lot. And I think that that is going to be something that's really hard to judge until – we get into these preseason games. And even then, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I know that this is right around the time that everybody starts using the term vanilla and everybody gets tired of it, but 
I mean, in terms of what teams are doing both offensively and defensively, I mean, they're basically just out there scrimmaging. There's not a lot of scheming involved. There's not a lot going on, um, you know, in terms of game plan and stuff like that. So I think that, that, you know, that's also worth keeping in mind. But I think that this at least will give us a better idea, especially with the run game of, you know, how much more effective can they be? I don't expect the Bears to show a whole lot, but how much more effective will the offense be when they're running the ball you know, and, and, and when, when things actually matter, when guys can tackle, when guys are actually going 100% blocking and, you know, everything else that goes along with it. But, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where, like you pointed out, man, I mean, if Darnell Mooney is the only, and I guess EQ St. Brown, it's like if those are the only things resembling NFL receiving talent on the field for you consistently, it's going to be a mess. I mean, we, we've seen the same thing. I mean, we saw the same thing in the John Fox era in 2017 or, sorry, 2018 with Trubisky when, you know, their number one receiver – was basically somebody that probably wouldn't even be on most NFL teams' depth charts. I mean, they had Kendall Wright, Josh Bellamy, uh, Trey McBride. I mean, I do, I can't even, I'm sure I'm missing some. I think Dontrell Inman got thrown in there somehow, some way. I can't even remember. I guess that was 2017. But anyway, point being is, is like, you know, we saw it happen that year too, where the offense was crazy anemic. They couldn't really do much. They just basically ran the ball a ton and there wasn't a lot of successful passing plays. And I think that's just kind of to be expected when you have the type of receiving depth chart that they had coming into camp. And then you start taking out some of those guys in terms of, you know, being hurt. I mean, Nikhil Harry and, and, you know, uh, Byron Pringle, and you start taking out some of those guys that were, you know, seem well, I mean, obviously Pringle was going to make the team, but Harry was probably a guy that had an inside track to make the team. You start taking those guys out and, and things start looking a little bit different. So, it will be interesting, though, and this is something that I have been saying, you know, obviously not to diminish training camp and, and everything like that, but everybody obsesses over training camp, right? Everybody obsesses over each training camp practice, all the training camp reports, and that's not just for the Bears. I mean, that's for everybody. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen 49ers fans freaking out, Jets fans freaking out over their quarterback situations. I mean, really, you know, it's like Trubisky's up and down in Pittsburgh. One one day he's looking really good and he's running away with a job the next. You know, he doesn't even look as good as Mason Rudolph. But then all of that is forgotten. As soon as they get in the preseason, all of those training camp snaps and everything that happened is completely forgotten. And then people start obsessing over the preseason games. And then all of a sudden the regular season starts and nobody remembers anything about training camp and barely anything about the preseason. And I know, like, it's sports. We all live in the moment. But I think that it's worth also, you know, just for everybody out there to kind of keep in perspective that, you know, all these reports that are coming out right now are well and fine, and that's worth the entertainment for the time being. But none of this is going to matter in, you know, exactly a month from tomorrow. Like as soon as week one kicks off, nobody's going to remember anything that happened in camp. Nobody's going to care about anything that happened in the preseason. Rodney Adams, I mean, I can name you, you know, Ryan Null, um, you know, 15, 20 guys over the last few years where everybody was absolutely furious that they got cut that they didn't make the final roster and that was going to be the breakout player they don't make the team they don't get picked up by anybody else and two or three years later all of a sudden we're not talking about them and they're on somebody's practice squad and they don't do anything so it's just kind of one of those again enjoy the moment obviously football's back it's great hopefully everybody's having a great time at training camp but at the same time this is not going to mean a single thing in a month um and i think that's that's definitely at least worth keeping in mind too especially with all the different factors that go into these practices, even with, with preseason and then the lack of scheming and game planning and all that stuff. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do think that is true. I'm, I'm also just, I'm concerned, man, because I, I just don't see the strides being made just yet. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. Um, another person in the offense I want to talk to and someone that you brought up today, it looks like Braxton Jones is locked on at left tackle spot. It looks like it's Riley Reef is going to be the right tackle, barring a, a late push here from Larry Borum. Larry Borum has been getting reps at right tackle. Um, Tevin Jenkins is with the second team right tackle. He's getting a little work at right guard, lining up there in individual drills before practice, essentially. But yeah, man, the rookie Braxton Jones um, kind of taking that left tackle spot and, and running with it. And it looks like it's going to be from left to right. It looks like it's going to be Jones, Whitehair, um, um, Mustafer, Schofield, and then probably Riley Reef. Um, but yeah, I, I like what I've seen so far from Braxton Jones. Uh, he's had some days where he's been eh. I thought he had a good day today. Um, in the one-on-ones, he's getting kind of beat by Robert Quinn, but he held his own in the, in, in the team drills, the two-minute drill, 11 on 11 against Robert Quinn. I think going up against Robert Quinn is good for Braxton Jones. And when he can learn from a guy like Robert Quinn, a veteran who's probably telling him some things, you know, when they're in between, when they're in the trenches battling, they're going at each other. But after, Quinn's probably helping him out, telling him, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what you got to keep an eye on. That's going to help the rookie. I've been impressed with him ever since they drafted him. He's a smart kid. He knows what he's talking about. It not only matters for him what's going on on the field, but the assignments off the field, the chalkboard type stuff he's talked about. I think the Bears have a have a legit left tackle here, um, at least early on here in training camp. We're going to get to see here in preseason, but it kind of feels like their offensive line is starting to get settled down a little more. Yeah, and I think that is one of the more important factors, right? Obviously, Lucas Patrick's out right now. Um, he's going to slot in at center. He's going to slot it. Let's just put it this way. He's going to slot in somewhere in that offensive line when he's ready to go. I still think he's going to be ready to go week one. I still think he's going to be the week one center. Now, obviously, there's probably going to be a little bit of an adjustment period, but it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the Braxton Jones development has been very interesting to watch because I think, you know, there were a few different publications that had him as a borderline third round pick. Like this isn't a guy that was, you know, a sixth or seventh round talent got picked in the fifth round or even a fifth round talent got picked in the fifth round. Like this guy has, I think, let's just put it this way. Had he not gone to a small school, I think that he probably would have been viewed much differently, right? That there would have been more eyes on him that, you know, the competition would have been a question. I mean, he's obviously at least coming out of college. He's a little bit raw, but I mean, I, I think the results speak for themselves at this point. And I think it, it just reminds me of going back to OTAs and minicamp when the first six practices you had, you know, Tevin Jenkins lining up at right tackle, Larry Warren lining up at left tackle. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about Braxton Jones. And then all of the sudden, 
you know, they come back and they run the next six practices and it's like Braxton Jones is that left tackle. It's like, holy crap. And obviously everybody at that time was focused on Tevin Jenkins. Like why is Tevin Jenkins with the second team? And obviously we've seen some of that play out, but then we get in, you know, we get into training camp and, you know, obviously there was a little bit of a ramp up period for Riley Reef and Michael Schofield and all that fun stuff. But yet guess who's still playing left tackle right now? The, the fifth round rookie. I mean, that, that, that's, that alone is impressive. Now, obviously that doesn't guarantee him a job. Like they could get in the preseason. He could look terrible. And then all of a sudden they're going to have to transfer back and they're going to have to, you know, they'll put Riley reef at left tackle and they'll put Larry Borum at right tackle. I mean, but that's, I guess that's a nice thing about this is if, if Jones doesn't pan out or if they, you know, come to find out he's not quite ready yet, um, which I think is at least a small possibility. I don't expect it to happen, but I think it's a possibility. Then you still have other options because again, you still have Tevin Jenkins that hopefully you have to hope that he's going to figure something out. And then obviously Larry Borm as well, who seems to be kind of slotting in right now is that swing tackle. He's been, you know, seeing time at both left tackle and right tackle. And, you know, I think you can make an argument that their depth is actually decently solid. Not great, but decently solid, especially considering their overall talent on that offensive line. But, yeah, man, I mean, you're looking at this draft class right now, and this is – and who knows? I mean, obviously they're rebuilding. We all know that. We all know that Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus are trying to get their own guys in the door and develop their own talent. But I will say this, man, it has been a breath of fresh air to see no BS when it comes to – you know, not trying to make these rookies earn it. It's like you spent your first two picks in the second round on a pair of defensive backs and Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Didn't waste any time. They said, okay, you guys are going to get out there. You guys are going to start. We're going to throw you into the fire right away. And they have maintained those positions. Um, Valus Jones Jr. is obviously going to play a big role in this offense. And they're giving a fifth-round rookie out of a small school a real opportunity to win the left tackle position the most important position on the entire offensive line. And they are willing to give him the chance to win the position. And even, uh, and I, I feel like I'm saying his first name wrong. Um, Jatire is it Jatire or Jatari Carter? I, I think it's Jatari. Okay. So J- either way, J- Jatari Carter, man, he's one of those, another one that he seemed pretty raw. I mean, obviously came from a, you know, a, a smaller school as well. And yet he's been seeing some first team reps as well. So it's like, they are giving these rookies every opportunity in the world to be able to, you know, to be able to contribute in some way right away. And I think especially with a rebuilding team like right now that is devoid of talent, that is star for young talent, that needs development all over the roster. I think that is the best possible way that they could have handled this so far. And it makes it that much more exciting because, again, man, this season is all about development. If they end up winning eight or nine games and let's just say they win nine games and squeak into a wild card spot – then a lot of damn things went right. And that is really good sign for the future. But even if they win five or six games and you get to see what you have in some of these rookies, man, if you can, especially considering they had two seconds, a third round pick, and then they didn't pick again until the fifth round, right? They had 11 picks overall and eight of those picks were made in the final three rounds of the draft. If you can end up finding four or five legitimate starters out of that kind of draft class, that's insane. That's an insane return um, on, you know, on that type of draft class, considering you didn't have a first or a fourth round pick. Um, so again, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves at this point, but I do think that the bears are absolutely 100% doing the right thing and saying, okay, you guys are playing up to what we're expecting. We're going to give you guys chances to win the job because at this point in time, it's a, it's a, it's a win-win situation. And let's be honest, man, if they find their franchise left tackle, in general, but if they find their franchise left tackle in the fifth round of this draft, 
uh, with a with a pick that they traded it down multiple times for that would be absolutely incredible and that would be a huge development coming out of 2022. Oh, that that's huge. I mean, that is that's a home run for Ryan Poles already, and that's with Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. The verdict's still out of them, and I think they're going to be very good players as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what I've seen from Braxton Jones so far. Um, kind of flipping the defensive side before we wrap things up. I mean, it's just kind of been the same thing. Defense has won a lot of these practices. Um, they look sharp. I, I really think their secondaries will be good if they can stay healthy. Now, they have a, a little bit of a question mark in the, in the nickel. Um, we saw Kyler Gordon work in there. We've seen Duke Shell, or, um, uh, excuse, sorry, seen Kyler Gordon work in there. We've seen Tavon um, Young working there, Jalen Jones working there. Thomas Graham, when he's healthy, is, is kind of slotted in there as one of those players that could win that job. I think the secondary, if they can find that nickel, they're going to be pretty damn good. I really like what Jaquan Brisker does for Eddie Jackson in terms of being that true strong safety. But a guy who's been catching my eye on the defensive line outside of Robert Quinn and, and Travis Gibson, man, is, is Dominic Robinson. That kid is a physical freak. He's athletic. He's got to polish up his game. He's got to learn some pass rush moves, things like that. But he looks pretty good out there early on. And I'm not saying he's going to be a star or anything. I think he could kind of take that Travis Gibson path where you get a little limited playing time your first year, amp it up a little bit the second year, and kind of produce after that. I think that that's kind of what his path is. And maybe he'll surprise, but he's looked good so far um, in camp. And he's getting to the quarterback. He's working with the twos and the threes. And he's going to be kind of behind um, Quinn and Gibson and, and, and uh, Muhammad out there. But I like that pass rush. They got to get up front, though. They got to find someone at nose tackle opposite of um, Justin Jones, who's having a really good camp. You know, someone like Kyrus Tonga, Angela Blackson. Someone's got to kind of have to step up. But if the Bears can get this pass rush going, man, and I think this defense could be good. Yeah, well, and that's and that's kind of the thing. I mean, you talk about some of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think this is on paper, and obviously there's a lot unproven, but I think on paper this is the best – um and most optimistic feeling secondary the bears to me have had in quite a while i mean you're getting some you know all these guys are young um there's a lot of upside there like you pointed out i mean brisker and uh gordon i mean if they turn into good players i mean that's a giant win in its own right there and then obviously they got to kind of figure things out a linebacker although it seems like their depth is actually even without roquan smith in there it seems like their depth is actually Shown to be not too bad with Matthew Adams and then Joe Thomas, who's another veteran who has a lot of special teams value as well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think the defensive line is going to be the big question, right? And obviously, I don't think, and I know some people thought that Robert Quinn was out the door, you know, within the next month. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to absolutely, they're going to try to sell him at the highest value possible, um, which is going to be around the trade deadline, in my opinion, unless a big injury happens over the next few weeks. But, I mean, you talk about some of these other guys. I mean, you know, um, al Muhammad is somebody that is still young. That's on a two-year deal. Travis Gibson is one of those. If he turns into a 10-sack-a-year guy, I mean, that's huge for him. Uh, Dominique Robinson, not bad for a guy that played receiver for so damn long to, you know, come in and do what he did. Again, another guy that was on some people's boards was a second or third round, uh, you know, kind of a project pick, but you know, you get him in the fifth round and you're looking pretty good. And then I think the one thing that bears fans should hope for is that Justin Jones turns into the player that he has looked like at camp, at least, you know, according to reports, it seems like obviously maybe not on like the Akeem Hicks level, but man, I'm telling you, if you could find, 
if you can find a you know quality value in a guy that just turned 25 years old uh, at the three tech position, he's been in a defense that's been playing more of a you know three four front uh, with the Chargers. If you can get him in the right spot and get him you know playing in the right scheme and playing at a high level, that's a huge win because we've seen how much value that the Bears have put into the three tech position. And I can tell you right now, if if Justin Jones isn't the guy that they want him to be coming out of this offseason, they're going to go hard again on another three-tech, you know, whether it's in the draft, whenever it is. I mean, this was not a very good defensive line draft as a whole, especially where the Bears picked. But, I mean, I'm telling you, if he comes in and, I mean, at 25 years old, I mean, you know, not to not to be a jerk, but, I mean, they had a draft pick that was 25 years old. You know what I mean? Like, it's a third-round draft pick that was 25 years old. So it's like if – if Justin Jones can be a quality or an above average three tech for them, that is huge for this defense. And again, that kind of goes back to the overall point of development matters more than wins right now. Maybe those two play hand in hand, maybe they don't, but if they can find some real pieces on both sides of the ball um, from, from guys that have just been brought in or guys that we're not really expecting, I think that's a huge, huge thing for them moving forward. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's going to be exciting to see this defense get out there. I'm just ready for some actual live game snaps. And it sounds like Jaquan Brisker is too when he talked to us today. So it'll be nice to see them out there on Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll have to see how much the starters play. But regardless, there's uh, enough storylines. I mean, these wide receivers are going to have a chance to make an impact. Defensive backs are going to have a chance to make an impact. So I'm ready to kind of see it all happen. Aaron, um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Where can everyone read your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at, at Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Keep it locked in. We have more notebooks coming, more tidbits, more notes, uh, more coverage of training camp. We're doing a little spaces on, on Twitter as well. We're going to try that out. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com